okay? Now, if you um, turn in your Bibles to John 13, um, verse 34, with me, you'll find it says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love or have loved one for another. Now, as I was studying this word, I found out that this was really like a testimony for Jesus himself. And if we love, we confront the world with what he or who he is. They may not all be converted, but they all will be confronted. They would have to make a decision as to whether to love or not to love. Love is not an emotion, that, but I know, you know, we listen to all secular music, and we found out by the way people treated us and the way they talked to us that love was emotional. And we cry about it. And all. That's not love, y'all. That's emotions. That's part of the soulish man. Love is a decision. You have to say yes to it or no to it. And when you say yes to love, you don't come back because he didn't talk to you or she didn't do what you wanted her to do and say, I don't love you no more. Now, your child might do that until you train them not to. But you as an adult, as Christians, we don't do that. We don't make our decision to love and then say, no, we ain't loving you no more because you messed up. Because love not based on what we do, or do. It's not conditional. Love is a decision from the heart. When you make that decision, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what goes down. Love is still in place. Am I right or wrong? Love is not a suggestion. It's not an option. It's not a, not a recommendation. It's a decision. And few of us have knowledge enough to know how to make the right decision. And then when we get in the company of someone who decide, decided they don't want to love you, what you do is the least little thing they say to you that makes you feel uncomfortable, you don't like them no more. You ain't going to hang around them no more. And that's the person you need to be with because that person loves you enough to tell you the truth. And you need someone in your life to tell you what is right. You don't need people agreeing with you when you're doing something wrong. That's just going to cause you to do more wrong. That is not a good thing. That thing will cause you some real serious problems as you move through life. Because when we do things, we end up, um, if we're not corrected and we're not, we're not shown what is wrong with it, we end up repeating it. That's how we become selfish. I want my way. That's how uh, we become uh, self-gratified. Everything we do got to feel good to us. If it don't feel good to us, somebody did us wrong. Saying no to you is not a wrong thing if you're wrong. You need no said to you. You need stop said to you. But that shouldn't stop your love. Because love is non-stoppable. For God so loved the world. Just because we were messing up, and some of us are still messed up today, he did not walk off that cross, did he? He died anyway, didn't he? Because that's the kind of love we're supposed to have for one another.
I don't know what you want to call it, agape, whatever you call it, that's fine, as long as you know that that love has to be a passionate thing. The Bible says that we are to love each other in a passionate way, a fervent way, a continual way, not just when it works for us. It might not work for me today, but I might just have to stay quiet, keep it to myself, talk to Jesus. Lord, I don't know about this one. I don't know how this feels. I ain't got this thing down. Now, it, it makes me feel this way or that way. I read something um, not long ago. Y'all familiar with the writings of Cora Ten Boom? Okay. Well, anyway, she made a statement about keeping things simple. We get too deep, we kind of mess things up. And this little phrase, y'all, uh, acronym, she came up, KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Now, I'm not calling you stupid, but keep it simple. If you get deep, you tend to miss the message. You go further than you need to go to walk the walk. Just stay, just stay, stay in a nice place, not necessarily surface, but somewhere in the medium area, and you will find this thing is not as complicated as you make it or we make it to be. God wants us to live this life that we, he can be glorified. You know, Moses gave the children of Israel the Ten Commandments. But Jesus came along and gave us a new commandment. You want to call it number 11? I mean, if you count, call it number 11. But it's the first commandment that we love one another as he loved us. That's how we tell the world who we are, whose, whose people we are, who we belong to him. If we act like they act, we won't encourage them. We won't. You know, witnessing is not going out handing somebody a piece of paper saying, Jesus love you. Now, I know that's what we do, but I'm telling you, the way people will know your love is by the way you love each other. Anything else is going to be a show. And if you got a show going on, it ain't going to last because folk going to walk away from that and they're going to like, well, I don't know about that. I've said it. I saw people way back in the day doing all this stuff, and then the moment something happened, they changed. And I said, hmm, I didn't say anything, but I saw it. And my thought was, I don't want to be like that. And I almost said no to salvation because some woman was doing that kind of stuff. And I'm going, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. She ain't Jesus. I had to put that out of my head. She's not Jesus. So I've got to keep my focus on what the word of God says. But we have to be careful because we influence people. And I, I believe that if you influence the wrong way, that God holds you accountable because you're messing up lives. The people that he, his son died for, he loves them. He loves you, but he loves them. The word of God says it'd be better to have a millstone tied around your neck, walk out in depths, open and drown, than mess with one of his. So we have to be careful how we treat one another. Careful what we say to one another. We don't want to get to that place where we all just... We're only thinking about ourselves. My husband coined that phrase, J-O-Y, Jesus, others, and then yourself. We need to remember that because we should always put others in front of ourselves, but we don't do that. We put us in, and then if I have anything left over, I might give Sister Veronica some. That's not the way it works. Well... I'll get something later on because I know my sister needs this right now. 
Now you get an anointing that you start walking in on a daily basis. When you start giving that kind of position to others in your life, you start walking in an anointing. Everybody wants to be anointed. Anointing is power. Why does God need to give us that kind of power to do for ourselves, to take care of me? That kind of power will mess you up if you don't know how to use it. You have to be a very low, humble person in order to walk in an anointed walk. When something happens, you just have to and say, thank you, Jesus. Because what you have to remember is it only came your way because God sanctioned it. Because he wanted to prove, he already knows what's in you. He wants you to know what's in you because we think we know ourselves until something happened and we go off. And we start calling people out of their names and accusing them of all kinds of stuff because something is wrong in us. So we have to deal with me first if something is out of order before I accuse you of being out of order or doing something to me. Why? Because I love you. I made that decision to love you no matter what. I, I looked up some statistics. And in 2000, about 47% of Americans said they were born-again Christians. Two thousand, but then I I found another figure, December of twenty seventeen, that number changed drastically. Twenty nine percent of us say we are born again Christians. Now the Bible says there's going to be a falling away, an apostasy. We we we're seeing that happen. We can see it in our own environment this morning. Because people got things they do, and, and there's nothing wrong with having things to do. But the one thing, I made a decision years ago. We took a vacation, and this doesn't mean that you have to, to do what I did. This is what we did. Am I making myself clear? We took a vacation. My brother lived in Ohio. Went to Ohio. At that time, we were attending a church in Greenville. Went to Ohio. Stayed the whole week. By the time we got to Sunday, I was going like, I, I, something ain't right here. Something, it just didn't feel right. Like I, I had the wrong clothes on. I was in the wrong place. And I promised God, if he got me back to North Carolina, I'm never going to take a vacation that puts me through Sunday. I'm going to be back home in my church on Sunday. Now, that was for me. You have to know what's for you. Because, see, I didn't know that this calling was part of what God had ordained for us. But he was working that thing in us early on. And sometimes we were, we were a little out of place because we didn't have an understanding of it. But we prayed, and God continually blessed us with having a knowledge of what he was do doing in us little by little. Under leadership, we didn't step out from under leadership. And it was difficult, but we stayed in place. So I'm telling you this morning, love, you love your neighbor as yourself, and you will make this walk much, much easier. And mothers love those children. I have to give, keep giving them some accolade in that area. Remember this, Jesus 
when he hung on a cross, had his hands and his feet pierced. A crown of thorn was placed on his head. He was given vinegar to drink. He was abused and reviled. But they couldn't stop him from loving me and you. Nothing that was done to him made him come off that cross. He submitted unto death. I think sometimes we forget. We forget. And I think that happens because we are hung up on what we need, what our needs are versus what someone else's needs are. I said to my choir not long ago, I said, um, what would you all do if we just in short one Sunday morning and didn't tell you we weren't coming and made no preparation for you? We would not do that to you, but just try to imagine stepping in the house of the Lord and the preacher ain't there. And he ain't tell nobody he was gone and didn't tell nobody to get up and tell y'all anything. Y'all come in and you sit down and you look at each other. And then you start talking. What happened? Did Bishop say anything to you? What did Deacon Ed say? You know, that's what we'll do, right? That would be a bad feeling. Well, I feel that kind of pull on my heart when my people don't show up and don't say anything. I have to pray and say, God, help my heart. Don't, don't, don't let me have one of them attacks. Because I think we should honor each other in a better way than that. I don't think there's a problem with accountability. As a matter of fact, I know it's not. God says that we should be accountable to each other. So I'm telling you, tell somebody something. Don't be out there by yourself because stuff happens to you. And if you by yourself and something has happened and we don't know where you are and what's going on, I mean, it's going to hurt all of us because we're all connected. We are the body of Christ. Am I right or wrong? Back to this loving. You know, it's an individual thing that we do, but it's also a corporate move too. I'm going to move to, well, let's go to James 125, and let's see what they, he says here about this, this love called perfect love. Verse 25 says, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The perfect law. This is the commandment to love. The perfect law. And then if you look at 2, chapter 2 and verse 8, you see it says, if you fulfill the royal law, now that, that perfect law is the royal law, and it's a law of freedom. If you fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. That go back to joy. That goes back to joy, right? Jesus, others, yourself. 
I'm not going to go any further than that on that one because then it talks about if you have respect to persons. So I don't want to move into that area. But you need to know that, that that law is perfect. So what happens is when you love each other, you take care of all the ten that Moses gave to the Jews back when he came down out of the mountain. Remember he broke that tablet and had to go back. God made him write it himself. You will come to that place where you'll do all ten without hesitation. Because if you think about what the new commandments say, that you love one another as Christ loves us, that includes all ten. Because love causes you to line up with whatever you have to do. You don't think about it, you just do it. That love causes the Spirit of God to promote or to move you in such a way that you don't even know you're being moved. But nevertheless, things are happening in your life. And you'll notice it all lining up with God's will for your life. And you'll be walking around here being this happy person. And somebody says, well, why are you so happy? Why is got such a smile on your face? And you won't even know it's there. Why? Because you lined yourself up. You made a decision to love in spite of what is said or done. You made the decision to love. As a body, we have to love each other. As individuals, we have to love each other. It, all's, it all works together. You can't be a part of something and not be a part of the other part. You've got to come in in every way. And that's what God is expecting of his people right now. I'm going like, there's so much going on in the world. If you are not careful, you'll get yourself caught up in it. Um, I'm going to give you another scripture here on David's kind of love. Let's go to Psalms um, 18 and 1. David's talking here. It says, David, the servant of the Lord, spake unto the Lord with the words of songs in the day. Well, I don't want to read all that. Let's go to, I'm, I'm in a different version probably you because you're looking at New King James Version. I got the King James. Let's skip down to the last part of that. David said, I will love you, O Lord. I will love you, O Lord. I will love you, O Lord. David made a decision to love God from the gut, from the, that word love, when I look it up, it's like a passion. It's like when you love your children, if something is going on, the first thing you start doing is tearing up. You want somebody to do something to help you to help your child, right? That gut feeling that love comes from the lower part of your being. It's not from your uh, fleshly heart, but from your inner being. And it can be a pain that you can't explain or can't express. I, I, you, you, you can come to the point where you kind of doubling over because the pain is so great. And for those of you who've never had that kind of a thing, just keep living. It, keep living. Because... God has to take us through things to show us what Jesus went through when he suffered on the cross. 
You know, Paul says that I want to know you in the resurrection and your suffering. You don't, you, you don't know what that suffering does for you. It calls you to be so committed. Even when the person is doing wrong, you can't do anything but do what's right toward them. That kind of love is passionate. It's, it's non-stoppable. It, it can't. It hurts. And sometimes it's costly. It depends on what it is. But you can do it if you make the decision to love. Because God is there with you all the way. I'm, I'm, I'm moved this morning by some things we went through in 2008 when my husband got sick. And um, we didn't stop to think, we meaning my son and I, we didn't stop to think what to do. It just happened. We did what we needed to do. I know now that we were led by the Spirit of God. Um, I had one telephone call. And see, y'all have heard it from his end of it because he went through it. But Cowan and I went through this thing from another perspective. When we went through it, we made one telephone call, our bishop, and told him what was happening to us. And he told us what to do. And one of the things he told us to do, he says, you get yourself some prayer warriors. He says, and tell them what to pray and let them pray a wall around him. Now, we were operating in this love factor that we, we, we didn't even know at that time to what degree we were moving in it because we were too busy and too focused on doing what we needed to do. So, and, and I, I declare, I don't think we even cried, y'all. I can't remember crying until it was all over. Because we were too, we were too involved in, 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 in t we had the church, and we had my husband, and we were busy doing what my bishop told me. So I came in, and I got about five prayer warriors together, and I said, y'all can't stop praying. This is what you pray. And they went to work. And, and, and their prayers and our doing stopped that thing on his life. And I'm going to tell you, you got to love people to the point that you will pray for them no matter what. And you may not know the whole story. See, we're about knowing the story. You may not know the whole story, but you know how to pray. You know how to pray. You don't have to have English to pray a situation. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, God can get you praying the spirit of God can lead you into what you are to say you may not know what you're saying but that's okay he knows it because he's God so these prayer warriors prayed and I knew they were praying because I knew what the doctors was telling us and I knew that if they hadn't been praying I don't know what we would have done there were times when we had to be in two places at one time that ain't even possible y'all but we were in Newburn and Greenville at the same time. This love causes you to connect in a way that you don't even think of. One day we were trying to make it to Greenville. It was raining. All the roads out of Newburn was being worked on. I mean, there was 17 this way. We turned around. We went back toward the warehouse of road. It was every direction we went. 
It was something blocking us. And my son, he was driving one vehicle and I was driving another because one of us had to stay and the other one had to come back. And he called me and says, Mama, I was driving the SUV. He said, can you turn that vehicle around? I'm sitting in a line of traffic on that warehouse road by the high school. And over there, they were working on the road and it was raining. You know how wide that road is? And I'm driving that Escalade. Do you know how hard it was? Or it should have been. I said, what's the deal? He said, if you can turn that around, I know another way. I said, I'm turning around. And I kept moving, and people gave me enough room till I was able to turn that large vehicle around on that road and go behind him another direction that I didn't know. But he knew. God will do through you what needs to be done. You don't have to be crying and falling apart. The love of God and the love that God puts in people's hearts for each other. You know, sometimes we don't know how much people love us. Just because I'm not walking around, go, oh, you know, I love you, sweetheart. I might not have time to do all that today. It doesn't stop my love for you. And if you need me, don't, don't, me, I'm talking me now. Don't talk about how much I got on my plate. You ain't seen my plate. And if you see my plate, it may startle you, but it ain't no big deal to me because, see, I'm anointed for the plate that I have to eat off of. That's the love of God for you. So, so, so stop making that judgment call. Know that we love you all. And we know that you love us. You may not always be in a position where you express it, but I don't think you stay here unless you love me. Amen. I'm mama in this house. I got some mothers, but I'm mama in this house. And if you have a problem, you see daddy or mama, if you get that deacon, you talk to him. Or that deaconess, you talk to them. And, and they're going to come to us eventually. They're not going to just snuff it down and pretend it didn't happen or isn't happening. They're going to tell us something. They've been trained. They know what they're supposed to do. Mamas love their children, y'all. And this is a burden that you cannot express except by how you treat one another. For God so loved the world. you got to love to the point that you, and you know, you think, I would never, ever give my life for somebody else. You don't know what God will use you to do. I saw a news report the other week where somebody attacked the, the, uh, the synagogue and the woman went in and threw herself in front of her uh, rabbi and she died, but he was okay. I bet you she didn't have a moment's thought about what she was doing. She did it because of the love that she had for her rabbi. And I guarantee you that she's in a better place as a result of that love. It's a decision that we make, y'all. Mama's always going to love their babies. No matter how old they get, grown men will still be babies to mama. Don't be mad with us because we say, hey, baby. 
I've had to remind my son a couple of times. I'm the same number of years older than you as I was the day I birthed you. That didn't change. So you still my baby. Now, I'm not going to embarrass him in public and say all that stuff, even though I'm saying it now. He knows, he knows my heart. Now, don't let nobody fool you. He knows me. If you want to know something about Pastor Barbara, you talk to Minister Cohen. Minister Cohen knows Pastor Barbara, okay? Daddy knows something about me. But but, Dad, but Cohen knows me. See, I didn't raise Daddy. I raised Cohen. So I'm there for Daddy, but Cohen knows Mama. He's been with me all his life. I let you kind of have him. Because she's one of my girls. You do these things. And then mamas, you have to let children be grown. They're your babies. But you have to pray and not keep them. Don't keep telling them what to do. I want to visit my son and say, can I come over? He said, Mama, you can come anytime you want to. I said, no, can, can I come over? Mama, you can come anytime you want to. Yeah, I want you to know I'm coming, you know. I want permission. Why? Because I want him to realize that he's an adult and I don't have to tell him what to do. I shouldn't tell him what to do, if that makes any sense. I'm showing respect. I remember my mother-in-law always called my husband Pastor Rogers. She never called him that nickname. She called him all those years. I'm not telling y'all. <laughs> Once he became pastor, that's all she ever said, Pastor Rod. And I thought, how did she remember this? Because I would have gone back to the, no, mm -mm. she didn't forget. He, she had let her son be the man that God had called him to be. And that, that, that blessed my heart real good. So sometimes the kids in daycare hear me say, Mr. C, and somebody will say, Mr. C's all right, you can't call me that. That's my mama. Some things you can't call. But yeah, I can call him Mr. C because I'm showing respect. And that's what we need to do. We need to love each other and respect one another and let God work in each one of us. I want you all to know that I love you. I love daddies too, but this happened to be Mama's Day. So I want you to finish. I'm through. I'm going to let you finish the rest of your day being mamas. Now we're going to have prayer as we always have at the end where somebody might need some help in some way. And being a mama,